0: Sleep. sleep 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 sleep
1: All right, that should be good. Uh yeah. I got some plans on how to start off this episode. Very excited about it. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Frank Reviews of Father Son Expedition Through Pop Culture. We are continuing our John Carpenter October Halloween month with They Live. But first, uh, Dad, I have uh, uh, a few uh, uh, follow up things off of uh, last week's episode, The Thing. Uh, and I want to get this information right. So, uh, first off, after we recorded, I discovered a thing called The Thing the Musical, <laughs> uh, which I showed you off of YouTube. I'll put a link in the uh, the episode description.
0: That's like nuts.
1: Yeah. How did, what did you think of, um, you, you said something pretty funny, uh, uh, uh. After that, it's like, you, you could have just shown me this. Yeah, and I just, would have gotten it. yeah.
0: just show me the three-minute uh, <laughs> musical version. I wouldn't have had to watch the whole stupid movie.
1: Um, and I want to make sure that I get this right. Uh, and I thought this was amazing. So the actual big um, uh, uh, scientific research lab in the Antarctic. Uh, and now, for the love of me, I can't find... The Name of it, but they do have a tradition now of um, just after the final plane leaves for the mainland for six months, they all get together and watch The Thing together. Oh my so God. they actually start that off, um, and I absolutely love that to no bloody end. Uh, but this week, we are talking about They Live. Uh, Dad, what did you think of They Live?
0: Um. Some uh, the aliens were cool. The rest of the movie was stupid.
1: <laughs> okay. Can you elaborate on <clears> that? I think that pretty much sums it up. Right, I mean, we got to fill a podcast. So, okay. So next week. Uh, <laughs> so next.
0: Week, <laughs> um, it was this John Carpenter guy. I mean, uh, right. he, he had the, he had the real cute, attractive. Main man. Last time it was uh, Kurt, Roddy Piper.
1: Kurt. Well, who? last week it was Kurt Russell. Kurt this week Russell. Was, uh, this
0: time uh, it was Roddy. Rowdy. Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper. <clears throat> um, and you know, it was like uh, Kurt Russell's older brother or something. <laughs> you know, and uh, um, a lot of these scenes where you know the drama, they just stare off into space for. Like 45 seconds and you're going, what, like what, what, what? All right, you made your point. Move, 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 move. move."
1: The the first half hour of this movie is almost exclusively, um, they had like, first off, they have like one musical riff in this movie, which is like, dun, dun, dun. Oh bum. yeah. Yeah, the and bass I'll, guitar. Uh, yeah. bum, bum. I'll I'll layer that in at some point around yeah. here. But um the first half hour of this movie it's a little bit plodding because most of what you're watching is just Roddy Piper thinking. Yeah. Not really talking to anybody, just thinking.
0: Well, yeah, you follow him around he he arrives in town or from the from the rail yards. Yeah. Uh because he's a tough guy and he rides the rails and and yeah, he, it's established that
1: he's homeless and he's yeah. looking for work, and it's you know and then, it's and the late eighties depression. Uh, 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 then he, recession. he ends
0: up in a homeless uh, a homeless encampment mm-hmm. um, with and, uh,
1: with our friend from the thing, Keith David, okay, uh, as uh, as the character Frank. Yes, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Yes. Um, did you have any standout moments or anything like that for uh, for this? Um, <clears throat> The uh, milit- yeah, dog just, Candle I, studios is being um, refurbished. Yeah. I'm gonna say so. I'm just trying to get used to a new, new, okay. new setup. Sorry, please. The, um,
0: I mean, the aliens were cool, <clears throat> right. except when they talked, their mouths really didn't you, move. You that, know, so it's like really that you, did couldn't take away with with you couldn't come up with yeah. some of the hard. You couldn't come up with something. The, I mean, they have this <laughs> skeleton-looking face, and you would figure that the jaw would move up and down, and the teeth would separate for words to come out. But it, it was like they could have done something with that. They
1: literally, like, they just put the same mask on a different person wearing a different outfit and then a wig over top of the mask. Oh, and in some <laughs> cases, i got to say, like, the image of, like, the, the, the alien in the suit in front of the big sign that says Obey yes. is, like, really iconic. Okay. I've seen that countless places before I finally saw the damp or even knew where it came from. Okay. Uh, which I thought was really cool. Um, you might like this, so that that fight sequence where it's just uh, Roddy Piper <laughs> and Keith David wailing on each other. Oh my now, god. I, I, I love this. Um, so,
0: oh my god. So
1: uh, uh, Roddy Piper was a wrestler. He quit the WWE, was it still the WWF at the time, or that might have been the WWE, I don't know, whatever. But he quit wrestling in order to do this movie. And he choreographed most of that fight himself. And he and Keith David practiced that fight for... And rehearsed that fight for three weeks before Uh, filming. And they did that all themselves. Like, another guy who coordinated a lot of the stunts for countless movies. I'll dig him up in a little bit. um, Did most of the stunts and the stunt coordination. But Roddy Piper specifically... uh, choreographed that specific fight and it just kept...
0: Going big question. How long was that fight?
1: Five minutes and twenty seconds. It (laughs) just—it felt longer. (laughs) Yeah, it felt like it was like three and a
0: half hours or something. You know, it's uh, right. Yeah, fighting and fighting and then they sort of stop and then they start fighting and fighting and fighting and And, then they sort of stop and 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 then it's just occasionally
1: put on the glasses and then cursing and yeah. Oh, my God, it was fantastic. he finally makes Uh, him put on the glasses. The sunglasses, (laughs) which was really cool. Right, the sunglasses. That's got to be like the most iconic, besides the alien faces, that's got to be like the most iconic image of this. Yeah. Um, I do want to get one clean take on Mike. I don't know if I'm going to use it for anything, of you saying the line, I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Right. You think you can? I think it was kick ass and chew bubblegum. Let me double check. I don't know. Uh, I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, Okay, and I'm all out of bubblegum.
0: Yeah. They, wait, I'm supposed to do that now? <laughs> if you want to
1: say it real quick, yeah, that, that would delight me to no end.
0: Uh, I came here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum.
1: <laughs> now, okay, I did fu- so, Roddy Piper, wrestler, he apparently just kept a notebook full of Bananas one-liners. Yeah, one-liner like,
0: <clears throat> like macho cool things. Yeah.
1: So he was given the instruction. There was no line scripted at that point. He was given the instruction. Uh, You've just run into a bank. You've got a shotgun. You're not here to rob the bank. What do you say? And that was his prompt. And he's like, Oh, I'm going to use this line that I wrote.
0: Wow. So. <laughs> and then he starts. Yeah. And then he starts killing just the aliens. Just the aliens. So when he was when he was shooting. Killing all these people—they were just the aliens. They right? were just the aliens, okay. yeah. Okay. But
1: to the uh, at the, at that point, the the okay. So the premise of the movie is that this um, alien society has basically overtaken the Earth via capitalism, really, and um, are sending out this signal. To obscure their faces to make them look human, but to also keep the human race more or less asleep and subservient. Docile. Docile. Yeah. That's a good word right. for it. Docile. Um, John Carpenter apparently liked to call the aliens Republicans during <laughs> filming, which I thought was great. Um because obviously the whole movie is just making fun of, at the time, Reaganomics, because this was 1988, I want to say? Yeah. Yeah, 88. Um, So this would have come out literally the week before America elected George uh, H.W. Bush. Okay. Right. Um, And This movie made number one at the box office for its first weekend. Wow. And then almost disappeared entirely. Okay. So, like, America had this moment of, like, yeah, stick it to the man. Nope, George H.W. Bush. Bye. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Uh, (laughs) Oh, God. There is so much stuff in here that I wanted to cover. Uh, It's based off of the short story uh, by Ray Faraday Nelson, 8 o'clock in the morning. I should probably read that at some point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, <clears throat> these alien people, right. they had these little wristwatches that they could right. communicate with each other. Right. And, like, the humans never figured that out. I, I, and then and then there
1: was the thing where... How often do you look at a person's wristwatch?
0: Yeah, but, I mean, if they're talking into it, you know... If somebody, they're talking into it, yeah. Right, which they had to do in order to communicate, but... um, And then... <clears throat> Uh, uh, one thing they could do is with the wristwatches make themselves disappear.
1: That one caught me off guard. Yeah, yeah, which
0: which is like weird, like where did they go? I mean, yeah,
1: like it was it was I guess
0: maybe believable until that, and then it's like, okay, <laughs> now you're just putting in <laughs> well, hocus it, pocus it, crap.
1: It, it's the movie really avoids almost all science fiction for the first half hour yeah. of its runtime. Yeah. And the movie's only an hour and thirty-five minutes. Total. So then he gets the sunglasses, and he starts seeing the propaganda posters for what they are, and he starts seeing the alien faces, Uh, and then within five minutes of that, there's these... a uh, uh, weird drone tracker thing yes. following him that he can only see when he's wearing the sunglasses. Yeah, they look and, like
0: little flying saucers. Yeah. And
1: then the aliens start teleporting. And by the time you get to the end of the movie, they are they have like a what is I can only think of it as like it looks like the teleporter room from Star Trek, the transporter room, um, but it acts like a Stargate, literally just sending a person out into yes. space. Yes, and it's just like, oh, what? All right, where did what? What? Yeah.
0: <laughs> they turn into a little blip of energy and just buzz off into space somewhere.
1: So it's like y- you're already kind of in it by that point, but then they just kind of hurl the science fiction on top of you. Yeah. So it really catches you off guard in that case. Um, uh, <laughs> I I found so much. What What was their point
0: in um, bulldozing the? Uh- Homeless camp.
1: The homeless camp. Um, I think the idea was that they were relatively aware that the resistance that was trying to interrupt their signals were coming from that general area. So I figured that if they figured they disrupt the homeless camp, Mm -hmm. they disrupt the resistance. Yeah, Uh, okay. um, And then, of course, we see the one very prominently placed homeless man come back at the end of the film in a spanking new tuxedo... And haircut uh, and he is now part of like he's been he's bought into the aliens
0: right <clears throat> yeah but he's over. not an alien you don't he's, become a- he's
1: a human <clears throat> that's just bought into them yeah for a little comfort yeah. so and sure and money. make some so, money so, yeah. yeah make some money um yeah. one thing that i noticed without even needing to verify it but it was very very uh, very kindly verified on imdb the communicator's uh the guards are using towards the end of the movie <laughs> yeah. are i instantly recognize them they're the pke meters from the original ghostbusters crazy uh, <laughs> i love seeing props and stuff like that get reused in sure. movies yeah i don't know if that was like a reference or that was just john carpenter trying to cut down on budget some more
0: <laughs> yeah it it's cool cuz like um only certain people will recognize that well, me is yes. certain people yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I am absolutely certain, people. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Oh, this is quite possibly going to be very in-depth, and I might be reading a little too much into this. So we've got our three primary characters, and that is Roddy Piper, who never gets named in the film itself, and he's only listed in the credits as Nada. So I don't know what that's supposed to be referenced to, but uh, it it just reads like I think he's supposed to be the everyman sort of thing, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, you didn't, yeah. Yeah,
1: Keith David plays Frank, and then you've got Meg Foster playing Holly, right uh, the, the woman who um, uh, Roddy Piper quasi-abducts. Yes. And it turns out she works for the local broadcasting station, and uh, they think that she's going to be the... Uh, Trojan horse to get them into the building so they can disrupt the signal. So this this is entirely me reading into it probably too much, but I'm going to run with it anyway. Mm-hmm. So throughout almost the entire movie, um, Nada, Roddy Piper, is wearing um, a blue uh, uh, plaid shirt. Uh, and blue jeans, and it just becomes more and more increasingly disheveled as the film yeah. goes on. Yeah, well,
0: he got thrown out <laughs> the right, window yeah. and stuff. So- yeah, okay. <clears throat>
1: and Keith David, were introduced to him wearing a lot of purple, but after he starts wearing the sunglasses, he suddenly starts wearing a lot of green. And I was thinking to myself, oh, that's interesting. It's the two guys fighting back are in blue and green. They're very, like, earth Type tone, so it's almost like the earth is fighting back against the aliens. And then I realized today, um, as I was setting myself on fire at work, I realized Meg Foster, uh, her character Holly, is wearing white throughout the entire movie. So that would be the, th- well, three of the four, I don't think fire is represented, but you've suddenly got water, earth, and air being represented. In the color palette. Okay. This might again be me reading too much into it, but humor me. This is this is a movie podcast that I get to speak on, and we're not covering Star Wars anytime soon, and that's going to be a nightmare. Um, so, what's the first thing that we really noticed getting polluted and corrupted by capitalism? The air, the infamous yes. like London fog and yes. smoke and the smog in L.A. Yes. and everything, and. Who was the turncoat that turned out to be working for the aliens the whole time? Well, the heir. Uh, uh, Meg Foster's character, Holly. Yes. That is most likely me reading into it. Yeah. Way uh, too yeah. much. But I was, yeah. ve- I was very pleased with my... Yeah, that's a with bunch my, of crap, my- <laughs> Harry. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Well, here's something that isn't crap. Uh, so, John Carpenter really likes to work with the same people over and over again. Yeah, it was and like the,
0: it was the same movie. <clears throat> well, I mean, he, it, you he know... He was with, going to cast... With, with the lead guy and stuff. He was <laughs>
1: legitimately going to cast Kurt Russell again.
0: Oh, my no, God. But no, he no, realized,
1: no. wait a minute, I've cast Kurt Russell in Escape from New York, The Thing, and Big Trouble in Little China. I should find somebody else. Yeah. So, he got Roddy Piper to do basically the same ca- haircut... That uh, uh, Kurt Russell had in all of the other movies yeah. John Carpenter directed, yeah. a quasi-mullet sort of thing. Yeah. But I recognize in in the background of one of the, I'm pretty sure, oh, hey, John Carpenter is apparently the voice that says, sleep, sleep, <laughs> that's okay. kind of cool. Um, it, I wouldn't have thought anything more about it if I have not seen next week's movie, Big Trouble in Little China, dozens of times, but very briefly in the background of one of the escape scenes as the um, the resistance is being attacked by the police, there is an Asian guy with a very distinctive facial hair pattern, and I looked it up, and yes, the dude is Al Leong, and he has been in almost every John Carpenter movie doing stunts, Acting, He played Genghis Khan in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. (laughs) Uh, So, and I'm like, if uh, I saw the trivia somewhere around here, let me double check on this, because if I can find the numbers, it's truly insane. Uh, Let's see. Um, Short stature. (laughs) Trademark, three trademarks. Short stature frequently plays mercenaries who are killed by Hollywood's biggest stars. Bruce Willis, Mel Gibson, long wavy black hair, and a Fu Manchu mustache. Oh, good. Thanks. Um, He apparently plays well over a dozen different characters in next week's movie Big Trouble in Little China. Just via costume changes and whatnot, which I thought was fantastic. But this dude has been in everything. Uh, Knight Rider, Magnum P.I., Uh, uh, The Equalizer, Airwolf, The Twilight Zone, The Fall Guy, T.J. Hooker, uh, the movie Big Trouble, and the movie Big Trouble in Little China. The A-Team, Lethal Weapon, uh, uh, MacGyver, Die Hard. He's one of the henchmen in Die Hard. Cool. This this dude has been everywhere. And what's his name? Al Leong. He was in the 1998 Godzilla, Lethal Weapon 4. Um, the dude just he he's still action, got movies yeah. coming out like this year. He took a few years off, apparently there, but he's got a couple of movies in post production now, so it's like the man will not stop and i'm wow, cool. I am delighted that I recognized him in his one and a half seconds of okay. FaceTime time in this movie yeah,
0: right, gets him in
1: <clears throat> yeah, right it's uh fantastic, oh God, let's see. There was was just so many bits and bops of trivia that I was just delighted by trying to look this up. Uh, Please talk as if we are continuing the podcast so I have less silence to edit out. Nope. Mom has something to add. Good night. Good night, Mom. Don't
0: forget
1: to give them their cons when you're watching TV. Let's see. The entire... I have... What?
0: This is just for you, so you will have it for the rest of your life. I love you.
1: Harry. Do you want that? On, do you want to get that directly on microphone, Mom? I love you, Harry. Thank you, Mom. That'll play to the four people that listen to this show. <laughs> uh, we're up to four. <laughs> yeah, we're up to four. Uh, the entire fistfight scene was always intended to be ad libbed. Carpenter's shooting script simply said, "Fight continues for six pages." <laughs> Uh, I love that so much. That's so dumb. So uh,
0: that the ending in the thing, the ending in the thing was very bleak was stupid. okay. Uh, and the ending in this one was was similarly stupid. I'm
1: gonna argue with you on that. The ending in the thing was really, really bleak and was designed to keep you guessing like were both McCready and childs the thing were one of them the thing? were they both human? And, like, yeah, it did end kind of abruptly. And I get that. But in this case, it has kind of a good ending. Like, the good guys win despite the good guys dying. Right. Because they disrupt the alien signal. And, oh, if you've not seen this movie, oh, my God, go see this movie. Because the last minute and a half of this movie is truly insane and I love it so much so they disrupt the signal so all of a sudden all of the humans everywhere can see the aliens see the aliens yeah. The aliens are and it's the first time we properly see like the aliens in color up to this point we've only right. seen in, everybody's in, black and white in yeah. filtered black and white through yeah. the sunglasses sunglasses yeah um, and all of a sudden, everybody on TV, the news anchors, they're all aliens. Yes. And people are freaking out. And at one at one point, I love this, you see two movie critics who are stylized to look like Siskel and Ebert. Oh, great. Uh, they even say, these filmmakers need to ease up and be less graphic, like George Romero and John Carpenter. They have to mature and make okay. better films. So he's making fun of himself there. Right. Um, but, uh, The final two shots of this movie. The movie has been relatively unsexual up until literally the last five seconds of this movie. When all of a sudden you see a topless woman mid-sex riding somebody, and you see her look down and turn to horror as she realizes she's riding an alien. And then you cut down to the alien from to her point of view, and it's just the alien looking up at her, and it's just what's wrong, baby? And yeah. And it's like, what <laughs> the Yeah. It's, like, yeah,
0: that's, it's, the, it's like, where did that all come from? Oh, my God. Where did that all come but,
1: from? But you can imagine, despite it being a bad ending for our heroes, they still succeeded in disrupting the aliens. Yes. And now from here, you can imagine humanity knowing that there's an alien menace and fighting back. That's um, that would be the question so, is like yeah.
0: now now does now do all the humans turn against and, uh, and yeah. save the world kind of thing uh. <laughs> before the aliens can reestablish their signal and all that.
1: Um this isn't too much of a spoiler cuz I mean we're, the movie's been out for f- 42 years, but we're going to be watching uh Halloween uh after next week's movie. So I I might as well put that out there now. Next week is Big Trouble in Little China, yep. which is Pretty much an out and out comedy. It's an action comedy, okay. but it's a comedy nonetheless. And yeah. that one does have a decisive ending. It does kind of set itself up to be a little open ended so that you could possibly get a sequel. And we'll talk about that when we get to it. But that one does have a decisive ending. But, um,. After last week's uh talk about the thing I became very worried about the rest of this mini series we're doing because John Carpenter does like to do a slow burn. Yeah. And <clears throat> yeah,
0: the which, And uh, uh this one was better than the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but still you can still see his his style. It's yeah, like okay, yeah. come on, pick it up uh, you yeah, <laughs> know, do something, get moving, get moving. And you know, get like somebody, you know, like I don't know, get somebody ugly for the leading guy or something or some some skinny little guy or something not not some be- well, I have- beautiful beautifully sculpted man.
1: <laughs> well, I have terrible news. The leading man, well, oh, we'll talk about that when we we'll talk about the specifics of this, but the um The protagonist, I'll say, of Big Trouble in Little China is Kurt Russell, (laughs) and the protagonist of Halloween is Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay, Uh, so it'll be a bit of a variation on that one. But that's also, I believe. Oh, I like Jamie Lee. Well, yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's her first movie, or at least her first starring role. Let me double check on that. Wow, that was. Nineteen seventy-eight. That when that came out. Jamie Lee. Wow. It's the two leads are Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald Pleasance. Those are our two leads. So you don't have to worry about big, bulky, beautiful men. Yes. Uh, ruining your film in that case. Yes.
0: Per- perfectly sculpted, handsome men. They he uh, ba- baby-faced men. Yes. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, she only started acting in 77, and she's got a bunch of TV appearances, and her first actual movie, and f- obviously first leading role, is Halloween in 78. But as I said, we'll get there when we get there. Um, did you have any closing questions or comments about They Live? Because I friggin' loved this movie. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, well, like I said, it was better. It was uh, You know, the story followed a little bit better, and... Mm-hmm. It, it was kind of interesting to, to see how they were going to get one up on the uh, the aliens mm-hmm. and stuff, you know. So um, it's it, also, it was like, fun. It it's was also fun. like
1: weirdly prescient for the modern day because like we are obviously being ruled by a, uh, a rich ruling class who doesn't care about us. Yes. And are trying to keep us pacified right. via apps and games. Yeah. And, and, and well, the, the concept show, was that
0: yeah. the aliens are harvesting the earth and then when they depleted all its resources they'll just move off to another planet
1: yeah yeah uh which i think is also the motivation uh but not the execution of the plan of the aliens in independence day Okay, so yeah there's a lot going on um oh my god that's fair oh one final bit of trivia. Apparently, one Universal executive didn't see the horror in aliens controlling the world's businesses, reportedly telling John Carpenter that, quote, we sell out every day, unquote. That line made its way into the unfinished film where it was spoken by uh, uh, the Quizling, which is, uh, in this case, it would be Holly who, yes. like, turned tail and sided with the yes. invading force. Uh, which... That's that's just real life writing the plot right there. Yes. Uh, all right. Um, next week, Big Trouble in Little China, possibly mm. one of my favorite movies of all time.
0: Mm, okay, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, uh,
1: it it gets more into uh, fun '80s action movie territory, Good. which I think you'll get. A yeah,
0: that that'll be cool.
1: Um, I also think I have come up with a foolproof way to get you interested in doing in another couple of months. Uh, the three extended editions of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yes. Uh, which Look forward to it. Those are going to be those are going to be buck wild. Okay. Alright. Dad, if you want to take us out.
0: Well, getting closer, folks. Make sure you're registered to vote. Vote in person. Vote by mail. I don't care. Just vote uh, to hopefully have a better outlook in the world. You know, uh, and do something really important with your life, and be nice to your parents because you know they they had to put up with you.
1: I, I feel like that's pointed at me.
0: But no. no, not at all. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking of you. I'm just thinking. I wasn't even thinking of
1: I wasn't even thinking of you, my son, who yes. I'm doing this podcast. Yes. I get it. I get it. Bye, everyone. That's what we want. Okay, uh, one more time. Give me a quick check.
0: Speak to me, you okay. big poopy head.
1: <laughs> now, I want about five seconds of silence, if that's okay. And um, I'm just going to have you chant um, five or six times, sleep. 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 You get five, four.